Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. And this week we're joined by Minute University Town Manager Shane Hart, ahead of the club's huge FAI Cup quarterfinal in Dalymount versus Bowes. Shane, welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast. Cheers, man. Cheers, Roy. Delighted to be here. Thanks for having me on. Brilliant. Listen, Shane, before we go into the Bowes game, I suppose it can be said with the two rounds previous against Malahide and Cove, there were huge scalps. You, you haven't really made an amazing start in the senior division, but you beat Malahide 4 0 in the first round, who were sitting top of the Leinster Senior League. And then to follow that up by knocking out Cove, that must have been, well, there must have been a few mem- memorable moments there for both you and the team. Yeah, um, to be honest with you, there was a round before that as well. It was a preliminary round. We had to play Bonaghy United from Donegal as well. So we, we played that in July, and then Malahide came next in the first round proper. So, um, Look, we knew what Malahide was about. Malahide won the Leinster Senior League last year, the league that we were in. We, I think we finished fourth or fifth, so we knew it would be a tough challenge. Um, but we also knew we'd give them a game. And to be honest with you, we didn't think it'd go that well. We won 4 0. We comprehensively bet them, and um, we knew it was five, five weeks to the next round. So, in a way, it was kind of a hindrance because things had just started opening up. So, a lot of players booked holidays and went away. So, you're right, our league form did suffer because. We were down numbers and we were changing and chopping the team every week. But um, look, everyone was back for Cove. No one wanted to miss the Cove game. We got two weeks of good training in before it. We had watched them three times. We, um, Without being disrespectful to Cove, they're not doing too great in the first division. And there's not much of a gap between the bottom teams in the first division and the top teams in the Leinster Senior League, which we think we would be. Um, and we knew we'd give them a game. And to be honest, on the night, we, we, we deserved to win. We probably comprehensively beat them and over was 3-2 but we, we had the better of the, the game over 90 minutes so um, yeah look um, two rounds that, that went by beating Malahide and Cove no one expected us to win but we, we knew we have we have quality in our group as well so we knew what we can do as well you know and does when you go into I suppose an FAI Cup and you've got then Cove in your sights as you said there does, does the eye be taking off the ball there a little bit when it comes to your own league form and you're all kind of focusing and even as a club everyone's kind of focusing on, on that Cove game Yeah definitely like um, so after the, the Malahide match they said it was, it was five weeks and again people went away lads had holidays weekends but, but everyone made sure they were there for the Cove game and the Cove game was our biggest game of the season so far you know it's it's a massive Achievement for the club to get into the last 16. Like we've been, we've been in the last 16. Bar last year, where the league, the non-league clubs weren't allowed into the FAI Cup. Um, the two years before that, we got there as well. Now we got Waterford and Cove, or Cork. Sorry, Cork were double winners at the time. We knew we weren't going to beat them. Waterford as well. I think finished fourth in the league the year we got them. So we knew we weren't probably going to beat them on our day. But we knew we had a chance against Cove. We um, again, we watched them. We watched them three times. We um, we did everything right. It was a home draw as well. We played them in St. Francis on the Astro. That suits us because we play on Astro. So everything kind of went in our favour. They didn't know much about us as well. So, um, look, on, on the night, we beat them and we beat them well, I'd say, you know. Yeah. Um, tell us about Minute Football. It was a bit of a game changer, I suppose, when they joined forces with the university, wasn't it? It was, yeah, because, um, look, the, two, the Minute Town itself now, 
um, wouldn't have been particularly strong. But when they went in with the with the with the college, it was a, it was just a complete game changer. Like I think that happened in 2014. I wasn't in the club till 2017. But it's just taken off the last seven years, like with the with the connection with the college as well. But there's also very some very good players in Manuk at the time as well. And Manuk is a massive catchment area as well, so it has some good players. There's been some been a lot of good work done in Manuk Town itself and the college, bringing players up. Like there's probably five or six players that that's come through the Manute schoolboy section that's come into the team now, and then also probably seven or eight that's come through the college and they've come together. So you have a mixture there. Of, New town players and college players, so it's really kicked off the last the last couple of years, and probably since 2016, 2017, it's just gone from strength to strength. Like we had a great achievement, won the intermediate cup in 2018, and since then we've qualified for the FBI Cup every year. So it's really gotten stronger every year. The the, the, the partnership has really worked out well. So like I was saying, obviously with, with the connection now with, with the university, and um, there's a lot of lads in the Cohen squad that. Have been studying or are like are currently studying in Manute. So how is that dressing room? What is that like? You know, to be sort of in charge of what's essentially you know a lot of younger lads that are studying. Like how how's the sort of the vibe and the atmosphere in the dressing room uh, on a day in day out basis? It's good. It's it's a hard one as well because people talk about like the the romance of the the cup and the lads getting this part, but like. You have to understand that we we have a very young squad, bar two players that are very young. So we have to deal with a lot of things that none of our players get paid or get expenses or anything like that. So when we have a match on a Friday night, and a lot of them lads have to work part time to be able to go to college. So we have to be able to deal with some lads. Some weeks, some players can't make it because they have to work to make a living to go to college. You know that kind of way. So it's a it's a different one. It's a difficult one sometimes to to manage because. They all want to be there, but they all have a life outside football as well. But when we do have everyone there together, we have a really good group of lads. They're, they're young lads. A lot of them have maybe been lost away in football or been let go by under-19 League of Ireland teams. And they just need to come in and play proper length of senior league football, men's football, and, and get their confidence back. So you have a mixture of lads who have kind of, grown the last couple of years and you always we're always getting scholars in every year that come in and, and work their way up. So we, we have a great um well what be the word, we have a great way where we're always picking up new lads every year and they come in and they just add to the squad every year. Darren Markey, I think he went up there to Minute University as well and uh, he raved about it. Uh, he loved it up there. So it's definitely an avenue that people can go down. And UCD have done fantastically well in the League of Ireland. So wouldn't it be great if to see Minute following their footsteps? Yeah, it is. It's great. Like, because if, it, if, it, if a League of Ireland player comes in under 19s and then is let go, for him to be a scholar in Minute University to stay, he has to sign for Minute. So we always pick up one or two players. Like Barry Prendervold's the uh, um, director of football in, in the college and he's done brilliant work the last few years with the players they've done. I think they won the Collingwood Cup a couple of years ago and things like that. So there's always players coming through like Sean Horst gone through, Jamie McGrath's gone on, he's playing for Ireland the last couple of weeks. You know, so there's, there's, there's such a hotbed for football in North Carolina at the moment. Like the catchment area is massive. So you're right. And there's a more of a community feel. Like we had... Um, we had 450 tickets to sell that only went on sale on, on Monday evening by, by yesterday they were gone so there's a real good community feel as well I know it's like the UCD model but there's a more of a, a community feel because I'd say 
90% of our players who are in the squad going to Daily Mount on Friday night are within 10 miles of, of the campus. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, and that's the beauty of the the arrangement between the two, the club and the university, that you're, you're getting the best of both worlds there. Um, tell us a little bit about your football career, Shane. Uh, it goes back a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It shows my age, doesn't it, really? It goes back a <laughs> bit, but, um, <laughs> no one wants to talk yeah, about it, I, I know, but you know, it, you're getting on, that's it. <laughs> if I can remember, yeah. But, um, my career was um, on the salvage lad, so again, for me, to manage my new um, logistically wise it's perfect because it's only 10 minutes from me you know so that way I have an affinity with the area as well but um, for me I'm a Selbridge lad born and bred in Selbridge played school by football with Selbridge um, went to England to Sunderland when I was 15 stayed over there for a couple of years came back and signed for Pats when Pats were in the middle of doing winning two leagues in a row so I came back into a dressing room with, um, with Trevor Crawley who's the assistant now and Keith Long was there at the time. He just left after I came in. Um, Paul Ozam, all them, all them great players. Eddie Gormley, Trevor Malloy, people like that. Um, so I stayed there for two, three years. Dean Buckley went to at Lone, brought me with him. I stayed there and kind of went, had a few clubs then after that. I was with Kildare, um, Waterford, Longford. So I finished up about 2010 and was playing, um, was playing went back playing guard then with my friends from Selbridge. Um, really enjoyed that. Then Barry, I, I would have played with Barry at, at Pat. Barry asked me to come over in there 2017. Said, look, we have a, a young squad here, just need a bit of experience. So I've been there ever since. So I've kind of gone full circle where I was a player. I went coaching on the 19 team. I went to assistant manager and now manager. So it's been brilliant. Like the honest with you, I never thought when I go over there five, nearly five years ago that I'd still be there because I, I only went, my legs probably only allowed me to play one year. So. <laughs> It was kind of it, it's just snowball from there, and it's been brilliant, and it's it's been coupled with the success we've had as well. You know, when when you're being successful, like we we've won we won three leagues, we've won an intermediate cup, we've won another cup. It's like when you when you're being successful, you don't want to leave. You know that kind of way. Yeah, no, no, no yeah. doubt about that. You, you, you talked about the FAO intermediate cup win in 2018. Just to step back, even just some of your memories from that day, I, I'd love to hear it because you know it's. Such a massive achievement, isn't it, for uh, from a new star yeah, only newly came in with the, with the university? Yeah, at the time um, we were in one B and the one one A in the Leinster Senior League. Like we were mid table. Um, I remember we went down. We got two trips down to Cork. I think we had rock down the way. No one gave us a chance at the time. We remember going down on the bus looking at our odds, and we were five hundred to one to win the competition outright. So. Um, <laughs> You know, it just went from there. Then in the next round, we got Blarney away. We beat them. All of a sudden, we're in a quarter-final of an FAI Cup. So for that, for, for the club to get to a quarter-final of an FAI Cup, Intermediate Cup was absolutely massive. And that was only three years ago. And now we're talking about a senior quarter-final. So it shows how far the club has come. But um, no, the memories will last a, la- a lifetime. I remember having two young girls at the time as, as mascots. It was brilliant. Like even even in the final, like it's the stuff for fairy tales like we were 1-0 down going into injury time and ended up beating 4-1 after extra time so you couldn't write a better script you know that kind of way and yeah. it's just no, really that's, good that's, that uh, we have the nucleus of the squad probably still there one or two have gone on like Daryl Rayner was intermediate player of the year is in Australia there's one or two more that's left but the nucleus of the squad is still there and we've just added that strength to it every year and how important is that you know that nucleus you talk about and even yourself you know with your league of Ireland experience and you have Kieran Kulduffin now as your assistant manager too. So, 
and even some of the lads in the squad, like, like Connor Dunn and uh, Derek Gannon, Paddy O'Sullivan, you've all had some sort of League of Ireland experience. So how important is that in, in these bigger games? It's been it's been massive, to be honest, Richard, because we we do we have a nice blend there where look like we'll start off with Kieran. I approach Kieran. I think it was in May to come in and try and get him to play because I knew what he'd add to, to that. Even though we had experience in the squad, like you, you're bringing in a player who was scoring goals in the Europa League only a couple of years ago, being a top striker in the league for ten years, and he and he didn't want to play. Um, that that part of his career was over. But then a, an option came up about coming in as a coach, and he's been a breath of fresh air. To be honest with you, like the respect the man command straight away when he talks everyone listens and his knowledge and his, of football is, is first class and what he's already given to our strikers at the club you, I wouldn't have been able to do it in five years you know, than what, it, what, he, what he's been able to show them um, and you talk about Gary Gannon and, and Connor Dunn yeah they've all they, they're still young men they're still only 24 but they've had so much experience like they've been at League of Ireland clubs that maybe didn't work out for different reasons and some of them have a point to prove some of them want to get back into the league some of them are happy where they are. We've just a really nice blend. Like they're all really good lads. They all want to learn. They all want to push on. I think it's been proven by what we've done the last couple of years. Yeah. Um. And Friday night's game against Bowes. How have you prepared? And I suppose you've been watching the videos. It's probably hard for them to watch videos of you, but you'll have plenty of them. No. Yeah. And you you talk about um our season so far in the Leinster Senior League. We went from the high of beating Coltry two to the bottom week losing beating Derry two one. No disrespect to yeah. Derry, but you're going, how can we go and play so well against Cove and be so flat against um, Eden Derry? It's probably because two days before that, the draw was made and we found out we were playing bowls and big mounts, you know? Mm. So um, it's been, it's, it's not been easy. It's not been hard to get the lads up. It's, it's trying to bring them back down like, because they probably think that you're going to beat the League of Ireland clubs every week. And I don't think many of them have come up against the force of Bohemians um, in their lives, you know? And I've gone and watched Bohemians last week in fairness uh, Kieran got the short draw I only had to go to draw the last Friday he went up to Finn Harps on Monday so I think I done well on that one but um, <laughs> it's been um, look we're under no illusions like Bowes are top top team I, I remember only watching them a few weeks ago and raving about them playing in the Aviva in the Europa League and then a couple of weeks later you're, you're getting your own team to prepare to play against them so we know how good they are we know that realistically our chances of winner, winning or beating them are slim to small. But look, we're going up there in in hope. We're not going up there just for a day out for 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 a minute. It's going up there believing that we can actually one put on a performance and maybe who knows? It's the, it's the beauty of the cup. Who knows what could happen? Anything's possible. Um, you just don't know what's going to happen in a game. Um, and again, you know, sometimes when you go out on the pitch and. Sometimes you get a team that just can't get out of first or second gear and no matter what it is, you know, so you don't know what way it's going to be and it'd be interesting to see they had a game Monday night, they've had a couple of shaky results. It, it, anything can can happen on that night. So when you look at the rest of the draw, and we might just go into the rest of the draw, uh, you look at the other teams that are there, St. Pat's are playing Wexford, UCD or Waterford, Finn Harps, Dundalk. If you, if you got by Bowes... I mean, you look at someone else, UCD, Waterford, Wexford, maybe Finn, Harps, uh, even Dundalk and playing great at the moment. And Pat's, Nathan's a Pat's fan, so uh, I'll try to be kind with Pat's. But, you know, there's there's a lot of, uh, uh, I suppose, uh, 
inconsistency in those teams. So, you know, you probably did get the hardest draw, but if you could get yourself through the round, I mean, St. Francis did it not, well, quite a bit ago now, I'm sure my age as well, back in 1990, I think yeah. it was. But uh, I remember it myself. anything's possible, though, isn't it? Anything's possible if you can get through this one, though, that is. Yeah, look, we it's kind of ironic because we talked about it in the last round that um, we played actually in St. Francis ground against Cove and it was just brought to our attention that um, not many teams have even got to the quarterfinal. I think there's only four teams in the last decade, non-league teams I'm talking about, that got to the to the last eight. So even that was the carrot down. And then we're talking after that um, it hasn't been done in 31 years and the last team to, to get into a semi-final was St. Francis. Now, I know it's... Um, we don't want to look too too far down the line and forget what's in front of you. But we were the team that everyone wanted to get in the quarter final. We we know that we're under no illusions there. But look, where we are there, we're there on merit. We've we've it's taken us three games to get this far. So look, we know the task ahead of us. And again, anything can happen on any given day. We're we're not going up there to make the numbers. But if if we did get through, um, it'd be brilliant. It'd be brilliant to be brilliant for the club. But all it already is the publicity that's come with it now. That um, but look. For us to get through, everything has to go on the right on right on the night for us, and 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 Bohemians have to have a, a bad night. But look, if we got through, I wouldn't mind who we got then at that stage. You know, he's fancy see anyone anyone at that stage. But um, it'd be brilliant. Look, we're not, we're not looking past Friday. We know the task ahead. But um, yeah, look, you can dream, can't you? But you have to put it into hard work when it when it comes to it. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Nathan, when you look at the, the rest of the draw, I, I obviously presume you're tipping Minute to win there. Um, but with St. Pat's, Wexford, UCD, Waterford, Finn Harps, Dundalk, uh, how can you see those going? Well, from a path point of view, I, I don't like being optimistic. And <laughs> yeah, 4 0 Wexford. Now, you know, me, it's hard to be, um, to be optimistic with paths because, uh, Shane, because not only am I a path fan, but I'm a Pats fan that's living in Sligo. So to see them getting battered over the weekend, you know, it, it was a tough great, yeah. yeah, so you know, you can only get on the bus and leave. I have to linger, I have to live in that town and linger with that result over my head for the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, no, look, hopefully you'd like to see Pats uh, get through that point, playing Wexford at home. Pats have a decent enough home record this season. And look, why Ian Ryan has gone in and, and, and transformed... Um, Sort of the attitude around Wexford and there has been slight improvement in results. They're still rock bottom of the fourth division and yeah, I'd like to see Pats get through with that one. Uh, the interesting one for me is the UCD and Waterford game, isn't it? Like, it's a UCD side that has now finds themselves second in the fourth division. They're back uh, free scoring very consistently, you know. Like Waterford have doing brilliant but since uh, Mark Urgent has come in as well, but even before the all FEI Cup started, Roy, me and you were having a chat, weren't we, about potential size like going a decent run and I think I don't know if me or you but one of us did mention UCD so to even see them get into a semi-final it would be absolutely brilliant wouldn't it yeah it'd be brilliant yeah, yeah. Just, even, just even on that one when, I, when I, I actually went down to Cove I, I made a little family trip as well I brought the family and the, the car that I had to put to, into them was to go to Photo Island but um, that's another story but even going down to um, we went down to watch Cove they were playing UCD and I have to say I was very impressed with UCD that night. UCD bet them 2-0 but they bet them out of camp and I was very, very impressed with some of their players that night as well. So even when we were thinking about the draw, UCD were one of the teams I didn't want to get. People have always talked about Colin Weed and, and, and his consistent goals and how good he's been and we've seen him even getting a call up to the under-21 squad with Ireland but also Liam Kerrigan, Jack Keeney, Mark Dignam. There's a lot of good creative players in that midfield for UCD and we really will serve them well and 
it's going to be a difficult toy for Waterford, you know. I'm sure if you, if you talk to them, that's a game that they wouldn't have fancied, like you were saying. No, definitely not. Um, definitely not. You're going by what you see saying that them players that you named as well, they're some really, really, really good technical players. So, especially in the UC Bowl as well, I don't think Waterford fancied that at all. But um, I could definitely see an upset there. If you could call it an upset, because you say, UCD are going very well in the in the first division as well. I think they're joint second now, already with with Galway. They're just behind them. Joint yeah, second, in second. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're, brilliant. Brilliant. So they're on the one of the form teams in the league at the moment. So that's that. That'd be a tricky one to call. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Nathan, with the Dundalk and Finn Harps game. I mean, it's Finn Harps can beat anyone on the day. We've seen that this year. Dundalk can't beat anyone uh, at all at the moment. Uh, losing 2-1 to Sligo Rovers. So not only Pats, but uh, t- losing 2-1 to Sligo Rovers. And uh, we'll just push on to that. Like It's a, it, it's, it's a relegation battle. And if, if ever a team, I, I'm, I'm not so sure if they believe that they're in a relegation battle because I was looking at Bill Hulsizer, the chairman, and he was talking about you know possibly still being able to get third place. Do they need to start focusing on what where they really are? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And it's crazy. And it's not only Bill Hulsell, is it, but there's still fans, uh, whether it be Dundalk fans or League of Ireland fans in general, still asking the question, oh, are they in a relegation battle? Of course they're in a relegation battle. You know, like we said, since Mac Burton has gone into Waterford, they've been brilliant. Finn Harps, I was actually up in the game on Monday, so uh, not only Kieran Kolduskar got given the short <laughs> shot, I had to, to, to make this, in fairness, if I'm slow, though, it's not that much of a trek, it's, it's not too bad, but uh, yeah, cold, rainy, wet, Monday night, it, it probably wasn't ideal, but while well, Bowles were, were definitely the much better, better side in that day, um, but still a difficult side, Finn Harps, you know, we've seen my own team, Pat's going up in the past, last month or so, and they, they got back at 3-1, so... Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough on uh, on the weekend. But yeah, no, it's all come back to the league for me. There's no doubt about it. That's on dark. In a relegation uh, for you here. And look, we, we've seen Vinnie Pearce coming out. You know, we saw it. He was saying that's on dark in a dark place at the moment. And talking about the injuries, you know, like Sahibo, Patrick McElhaney, Brian Garton, as you know, Dave McMillan, Derry Leahy, Dan Kelly, Sean Murray. These are all, they're big, a lot of them are big players for the dark and they're going to be out for a substantial amount of time. Like they're down in ninth place with 28 points out of 26 games. So, yeah, there's no doubt about whether they're in a relegation battle. And if they do find themselves in that playoff position come uh, the end of the season, like we know that the playoffs usually favour, uh, the player finalists gonna usually favour the fourth division side, don't we? Because they're the one coming in with the momentum. They're the one coming in with the tails up. Just look at Longford last season. They just sneaked yeah. into the playoff positions and then you find themselves in the playoff division yeah. now. So, yeah, exactly. Just when... You know yourself, and you get in a run at the, at the end of the season, and you can just get in. Yeah, so even if Dundalk do get to that playoff final, it definitely can go out of way. So it's crazy to think that, wasn't it? It's such a fall from grace in, in a short amount of time. When you look at Dundalk, the chairman turned around and he's kind of been critical of the fans. I'll just put out a quote there. He has, instead of criticising what has been done, he said, some of it is poor management, some of it is poor coach, and some of it is poor atmosphere. I had a kid who left Dundalk because he was unhappy with the environment. Now part of that is, is is the fault of COVID, but not all of it. Irish people have been so hospitable to me uh, in West Cork and County Loud, and I can't understand why they haven't gone out of their way to make these kids from the Faroe Islands, Latvia and the Congo or whoever welcome in Ireland. 
he's kind of putting the onus as if it's the fans' fault, and the fans seem to be only venting on every wrong decision and obviously the results because the results. You know, he brought these players in to push them on a level and it's dropped them back a few levels. How do you view it? And uh, it seems to us like it's just been a complete mess uh, one after another. It is. like you, you start from the top. Like, if he's saying it's mismanagement, surely he has to take the blame for that. You know, like, if he, if, if, if that's what he's coming out with, like, how can he... How The supporters have seen unbelievable success from that club in the, the last seven or eight years. So they're not going to stand by when for me, the squad that they have should nowhere be nowhere near where they are in the league at the moment. So they're going to vent their frustration. They're not going to be happy with that. Maybe he should, I don't know, look at some of the decisions he's made the last couple of months and maybe look at some of the players. He, like, any player he's brought in, he's he, he sanctioned the go-ahead to do that. So maybe he should look at himself instead of blaming players or managers or whatever because ultimately it's all been under his ownership or his control the last couple of years that these problems have happened. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Nathan. I don't see anyone except for himself and maybe the the gang around him who think otherwise. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, we we've seen a bit of protests, haven't we? And even for the dog fans to go as far and to set up a, a supporters union, a supporters club, something that 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 he's never had. You know, it's, it's the timing of that is 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 relevant. You know, it's when they need it the most and. I don't know if, if you've seen in the news over the past couple of days, but uh, they brought in the former chairman, uh, Mike Tracy. He's coming yeah. for, uh, for next season as a consultant, which, yeah, it's, it's a weird one, you know. It's, he's saying he's more so coming in now to play a part in the recruitment and that the club won't be offering any long-term deals going forward. And they're all bar three players out of contract in November, Jack. Like, there seems, seems to be no leadership in the club. Like no. you say that, Mike Tracy. There's no leadership at all. So that that's going to filter right through the club. You know, you're saying there's no long term contracts there. So if you're there and you've you've given great service to that club over the last few years, and you're going, well, my contract's up, but I'm not going to be rewarded for maybe what I what what I deserve to be rewarded. Like it just it seems seems to be carnage from top to bottom at the club at the moment. Yeah, and we were saying, you know, uh, obviously with Chris Shields going up north and Brian Garten and uh, with a long-term injury that he was missing leadership on the pitch, but the leadership, as you mentioned, they off the pitch seems to be a bigger issue when there's no enticement anymore for these big players to hand around with them back if they're not giving out these lucrative long-term contracts. So, you know, you'll always hear people talk about the terms, oh, the football are mercenaries. Well, they're not at this level. At this level, you know, it's, it is down to having provide for your family, having to, you know, put food on the table. So if someone is not the likes of a Derry City Shamrock Rovers are going to come in with a long-term deal and a full-time deal, it's obviously going to take it. So there's no enticement for the Michael Duffy of this world. He'll be handing around at some dark next season. No, there's a the short-term lifespan for, for a footballer as well. So if you're going to get a bit of security at a Shamrock Rovers or whoever it is for two or three years, you, again, as you just said, you, you've got to provide for your family here. Like you can't hang around there waiting for, not knowing what what's going to happen there to to go. Okay, well I'll wait and I'll sit tight till the end of the season when someone else is coming in after you. You got to you got to look after yourself and your family number one. And again, you're looking at it going, what what's actually going on in that club? Why would you want to say there's no stability in that club whatsoever? Nathan, when you look at Derry City now. They have a chairman who's come into a bit of money. It'd be interesting to see how they fare with that. Yeah, on the absolute flip side, isn't it? You know, Derry City is a side with surrounded by positivity, really. 
And this is crazy to think with, with how bad of a start the season he got off to, but you know, since uh, Ruby Higgins and Mark Carwell have gone in, we've been given long term contracts, that's the dudes that they're talking about, Shane, you know, that the plan set in for a future, a good underage system being put together there. And yeah, now um the chairman Philip O'Doherty he's been coming into a bit of money. So the Donegal Engineering Group, E and I, have been bought out by a US company for two billion dollars. And E and I just happens to be bought, uh, owned by the Dairy Chairman Philip O'Connor. So yeah, that's some big money coming in. Um, and and very much to Philip as well, he's a genuine uh, lifelong supporter with the club, you know. He said in the past that he wants the club to be able to stand on their own two feet. But in a recent radio interview, he has confirmed that he's talked to Rory Higgins and there's even a two-year plan in place now to, to, to possibly even win the title that he's going to uh, provide uh, an increase in the budget for next season. So, yes, yeah, there really is but there's some plenty of positivity around uh, Derry City uh, heading into next year, you know. It's, and it's, I think the main thing in the League of Ireland, it's all long-term positivity, you know. It's all long-term contracts. Uh, a thriving underage system and now uh, Philip O'Doherty now coming in, into a a very substantial amount of money so yes definitely positive signs and even going off the fan interest with every City fans they are absolutely delighted uh, with that and not only that but as well uh, they have a new club president that's been announced this week uh, Paul Diamond again another very popular figure around not only Derry City Football Club but Derry as a whole uh, Paul was the former chairman and club director um, he, he's now taken over the role since the passing of John Hume in 2020 and Again, it, 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 just by going off what fans are saying, this is uh, another lifelong diehard Derry City fan, and fans have even thanked them for you know for for, for aiding the club in survival throughout the years and providing sponsorship with, with Diamond, which is the end point of the Derry City show. So, yeah, these, these are two great stories for for Derry City in the past week. Yeah, Shane, when you look at Derry City and you look at Dundalk, when you see Higgins getting a four and a half year deal, and then this, this constant changing of managers over the course of a year at Dundalk it's chalk and cheese isn't it and it, you can understand now you look at Derry who are in fourth even after a poor start they're pushing up they're into fourth now into the European spots it does it shows you that that leadership that you were talking about once you have that leadership and a direction and a focus on, on what you're supposed to be doing things can things can happen Completely, yeah. You look at the feel-good factor that's, that's in Derry now, and I read all about that story. And as you say, you, you look at what's going on in Dundalk, and no one knows who, what, what's going on from one day to the next. And then you look at Derry, and they have a plan in place, and they have a manager there that they believe in, that they, they've given a four-and-a-half-year contract. And you have Vinny at Dundalk, who, who, who probably is a bit uncertain about his future. And, and how are you meant to attract players if you don't know what's going on yourself behind closed doors? So it is. It's, it's, it's brilliant for the league that that's happening up in Derry and they seem to have their structures in place and everything's geared towards success and and I'd say people in Dock would only cry out for that to be happening at their club at the moment. And when you look at the League of Ireland, Shane, with that sort of deal there, I know Peak Six came in, but again, in a, in a positive light, there was interest there in Dundalk. There's a, a positive light with Shamrock Rovers, where there's money going into Shamrock Rovers. The league is slowly but surely attracting interest from, I suppose, money men, which is is a good thing, which means that there is something there to build on. I suppose they just need a bit more, a bit more help around the league, around the country to 
make the, the teams bigger than they are and on the marketing side and, and, and all that. But there's definitely something that's starting to change in Irish football. 100%. I definitely think one of the big things they need is probably more support from the FAI for a start. But um, that's probably another story. But definitely, yeah, 100%. Definitely, really, you look at how the teams are progressing in, in, in Europe now. Like, it's a disappointing thing if a team doesn't qualify for the group stages, you know. So there's there's added money there to be made. You look at Shamrock Groves, I think, are a brilliant example. Even Bohemians themselves, how how their, their club has run the last couple of years, Sligo, Galway now as well with with um John Caulfield getting a new contract today and all. It's really it, there was in the league for too many years there was too many stories of clubs going bust and clubs going out of business where now it seems to be going the other way. It's thriving. It's it is, it's attracting people like you see in other people coming in from the outside now. It's just really good but it probably does need still more help. It probably needs a big more push as well for like there is you probably need to get other clubs in the first division up to that standard where you probably only have 14 teams that are probably capable of being in the first in the Premier Division where the rest might come up and go back down we need to get we need to get 20 professional clubs up to nearly the same standard for it to thrive yeah and as we said before the the match day experience the infrastructure the stadiums just making it it's somewhere that people will go on a Friday night you know uh, that if they if they can build on that and as you said the FAI the government even you know pumping more money into these uh, the infrastructure it, it would be great I mean that's it's the taxpayers money and, and we're all the taxpayers so we, we'd love to see that money be pumped yeah. in there now Nathan the Women's National League games you want to talk about that and TG TG4 or TG Car? <laughs> That's the first thing I said, right? Before we even dive into this, is it TG4 or TG Car? I think it's Car. Well, well, well uh, yeah, it has to be Car, doesn't it? Because even we looking up some notes and everything, else, this is a debate of having, I don't have any notes on this story, I just have notes on fucking, is it TG4 or TG Car? Uh, look, we'll stick with TG Car, you know, we'll stick with the old League of Ireland roots. We yeah, look, we agree the deal with the FBI to broadcast live women national league games. Um, it, it's going to be a set of four games that will be streaming uh, f- uh, free, so free to anybody to watch. You can get them all on TG Carter or the TG Carter player. Uh, this is going to start on Saturday, the 2nd of October, with Shelbourne versus DLO Waves uh, uh, with a 5pm kickoff. If anybody's listening in and wants to, uh, wants to have a look. Yeah, um, in, in interesting times, of course, with the Women's National League, you know, this is only all going to be a benefit. We've seen. Um, SSE or Tristy jumping on as league sponsors at the start of the season. So to have a television day like this, which is the, the fourth of a coin in the in the history of the league. And it's an interesting time for the league too. You know, we, we have Team Mount United, uh, Shelbourne and Wexford all vying for that uh, proposition and that's the, the women's championship qualification spot, which there's only four points between P Mount at top and Wexford in third place and not only that, but we have a team and that's we battered Shelbourne 5 0 uh, in the last round of games, looking to retain that title. So, a big statement bitching for them. So, look, I suppose the lads, the one thing I want to throw out is this is brilliant news, obviously, in the short term for the Women's National League and any sort of coverage that any, the, the Premier Division, Fourth Division, or the Women's National League gets, you know, we can only champion that. But do we see these teams, you know, going anywhere in the long term because me and Roy have been very critical in the past about not only RTE but Virgin Media, but especially RTE with our coverage of the GAA and just a lack of interest of Irish football and League of Ireland football in particular. So, you know, is, can we realistically see this television deal becoming a, a regular fixture for the Women's National League? Because 
personally, I can't I, I can't see it being picked up after these four games. Shane, I'm going to put that one on to you because you will see, I'm heavily involved with Luke and United, I see, uh, I was out there on Sunday and on three of our pitches, 303 actually, when I walked out of the clubhouse and looked out onto the pitches, it was full of girls out playing football and it was great to see because you know when I, when I was growing up uh, there wasn't there may, may have been one one girls team or there may have been uh, mixed teams and you know a lot of girls wouldn't have been playing any sort of sports and, and obviously that's not good uh, for anyone uh, health wise or uh, uh, I suppose even for their their mental health because you know getting stuck at home and doing nothing and it's, it's, it's just not good for you so it's great to see so many girls out playing football now and uh, loving it enjoying it and really putting themselves out there and showing what they can do you must see that up there now with Minute as well and you're, you're just hoping that you can get those girls pushed on and uh, promoting it uh, into a, a professional league here in Ireland as well yeah, 100%. Just even talking it, I have three young girls myself. Um, two of them are massive into football. Um, they're actually down in the Selbridge Academy tonight and for the first time in over 25 years that they've started up a girls' team. So there's definitely an appetite for girls. It's it's grown and grown and grown all the time. Um, especially you look at the times we've gone through with the last 18 months where, where kids have been locked in and just want to get out now and they just want to, you're right, for their own mental health, they just want to get out, they just want to enjoy themselves. And what better way to enjoy yourself than playing football? But I'll go back to the to the TG Carr deal. I think it is. I think it's brilliant. I think the public, the more publicity we get out there for for women's women's football, especially like um, it can only be do good for the game. I know what you're saying. Look, it will it will it last? You don't know. You don't, you honestly don't know. Will it, is the interest there? But the only way you're going to find out is by promoting. And the best way to promote is get games on telly. And look, I have two young girls to say if they if they can see. Irish girls on telly playing in the teams just there like Pino's only down 10 minutes down the road it can inspire them to go well I want to do that Dad. how do I get about doing that so it can only be good for the game long term sustainable I don't know you, you, you only know by having a go and I think it's a, I think it's a great idea I think it's a really good move yeah, no, I think oh, yeah, I yeah. think you, I think Nathan is scared. Yeah, I think Nathan's mentally scared by RTE and, and the men's game. So the doubt is yeah. always there, Nathan, well, isn't it? Uh, I've been born in the past. And yeah, Jesus, like you know, it's not to knock it like that. I, I, we, me and Roy sit here in a fucking weekly basis talking about this sort of stuff and you see it coming up great and I even remember you, you probably would as well, Shane, uh, like saying you, you have two daughters, um remember Stephanie Roach, you know, the, the, the famous goal and it was nominated yeah, for, yeah. The, for the Puskas Award and even just the, the, the surge of, of uh, interest in you know women and young girls wanting to get into football, even from that, that one particular moment was great to see. So if you can get the Women's National League on television, you know, because all of a sudden, uh, these young girls are going from looking at lads playing to looking at the women playing. So all of a sudden, you become a bit more relatable. You have that relatable yeah. figure that you can latch on to, you know. And we're seeing it in England, you know, we're seeing it for them. Uh, the women's league over there is now finding themselves on Sky Sports and sports, yeah. it's just all just, just to make them more engaging and open and relatable to people and it's that's how you get the pathways in because I think that's probably how we've all fell in love with football or we all, whatever we're into whatever sport it may be you know we all look and we latch onto somebody and we relate to them in a way so to have that available to, to, uh, to girls and, and women in Ireland would be absolutely brilliant for the game yeah no absolutely and uh I have a little girl who's coming up to two years of age and uh, 
I think the other half thinks that she won't be playing football, but them boots are going to be out very, very soon. So (laughs) (laughs) there's going to be a battle to be secret coaching lessons out in the back garden. So Um, listen, Nathan, you have a fan's question. Uh, We know nothing about it. So do tell. Yeah. Come here, Roy. You you put the cat on. You put your feet up me. Because... I was chatting to the to the lads in the group chat. Just now, the only, only week he asked me what's the side of the podcast. And I'm telling me of Shane coming on. So Shane, to put you on the spot, mate, we have fan questions for you directly. So, Roy, we're good, mate. We, we can take the night off. Yeah, I get it. Okay. So, I don't know yeah, if we're going to enjoy this. I might have to go, lads. Sorry about that. <laughs> and, 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 your, and your wife sent in most of them. <laughs> no, which makes it worse. The lads sent them in, so... Bohemians trouble we're going to have to play as a unit and for 
if we play the unit, we have a chance. If we play as individuals, we probably don't have any chance. So I will give a special mention to one player, though, if that's okay. Um, Gillian Duffy has been with us for years. He's been part of the success the last few years. Actually, towards ACL and against Cove in the last round. So, unfortunately, he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. So, um, we'll be thinking of him. He's going in for his operation next week. So, I just want to give him a shout out. If that's okay. Yeah. No, no, we hate to hear that. Jesus. Yeah. Nothing but love for Gillian. I hope he makes a speed in recovery. Shane, best of luck at the, on Friday night and for the rest of the season because it doesn't just end there on Friday night. There's still a lot to play for uh, for the rest of the season. We'll be keeping an eye out for the results and uh, it's it's going to be very interesting to see where Minute University Town go to, as you said. Uh, even in the League of Ireland thing, that's uh, we need more more clubs around the country and, and we need the gaps filled around the country as well. And, and I suppose... I, I I still think that there's another there's room for another division there somewhere and uh, we can make uh, make that pyramid that we all need. Don't forget to subscribe to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland channel on YouTube and also our Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever else there is out there. And thanks very much for listening.